A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Car protected. Why has that just happened? Oh, God, I'm having absolute techno work down here. About that call out on Wednesday, Kev. Yeah, two hundred and fifty pound an hour now. Oh, this is mad. Now it's saying my bloody SD card's protected. I've literally been recording on it all day. It's fine. Find that again. Sorry, guys. That's not worrying at all, is it? Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Live podcast episode. How are you all doing today? Okay, mate, thanks. Wonderful, wonderful, <laughs> thank you. That, that, this is a live one, so we can interact a little bit and have a, have a little bit of a natter. So, today's episode, uh, what we're going to do today, this is episode three, um, which uh, today we're going to go to question three from the podcast, which is songs that remind you of your time at school. Uh, I'm going to start things off with uh, a little uh, snippet uh, of a tune and I'm going to start with, where is it? Where is it? As I flick through my uh, Spotify playlist. Uh, oh, you know, I'm right, I'm going to go So can you hear me talking over this as well? Yeah. This is wonderful. Yeah. So, so this is... Uh, the, music's quite, the music's quite loud though, Stu. Is it? Yeah. Well, in my headphones it is. Is that better? Yes, yes. mate, yeah. Wonderful. So uh, I'm presuming that most of you will be familiar uh, with the music of Alexander O'Neill. Uh, I guess mainly the track criticise is the uh, is the tune that most people know. But being uh, 49, uh, that kind of when I was I would say sort of like 14. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to shout for the chorus. I'm going to stop it now. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about with that track is the soul scene, certainly in Essex, there was lots of uh, white XR free eyes. Everybody was listening to Alexander O'Neill and Luther Vandross. Uh, And and so was I. Uh, I loved it. And it's it's kind of not being looked back on particularly favourably, that that soul scene uh, of of that period. But that that album there by Alexander O'Neill, the album he'd done after that, the Hearsay album, which was the big mega-selling record, that that had criticised on it and fake and, and and tracks like that. That was made uh, written by uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam, like a huge production duo. Uh, but this record here, uh, they worked on it as well. And they wrote this track, uh, 
and he's from um, uh, blah, 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 Prince, Minneapolis. And, uh, and so it come out on flight time. So if you listen to the production on this album, it's pure Prince. It's really, really good. And it doesn't get the credit that it deserves this record. It kind of gets sort of laughed upon because Alexander O'Neill was a, a, a soul singer, you know, I mean, I, I saw him literally playing in a pub in Billericay about three years ago. So it's like, he, he, you know, he's not quite the, attain that level of, of you know, that, that maybe uh, uh, your, your Luther Vandrosses and such have. But it's an absolute banger. And that reminds me of, of being at school and being obsessed with that whole soul scene. So it wasn't just Alexander O'Neill, it was Luther Vandross. I'll play a track by Cameo later because that band blew my mind when I was a, a, a young lad. Alexander O'Neill was the first concert I ever went to. I did actually go and see a bag with the Mac lads first that were big in Viz. Oh, uh, but uh, <laughs> you, you're not allowed to talk about the Mac lads now because they uh, some, some of their songs uh, probably uh, aren't allowed to be played out loud anymore. Um, but yeah, Alexander O'Neill, I went to see in concert when I was probably about 14 at Brixton Academy and it was the most exciting thing ever. Uh, and yeah, did, I mean, I'm quite aware that I'm, I'm generally the oldest guy here. I mean, so I, I mean, you're not too far, uh, my, my, uh, my, my junior, but <clears throat> did that soul scene ever sort of touch you? Not at school. Not at all. I, I didn't, I wasn't a fan. My wife loved Alexander O'Neill. But no, it didn't, it didn't hit me at all until I was probably in my well, maybe late teens when I got into like Stax records and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, it went straight past me. And I think it is one of them things that, you know, when you talk about Stax, Motown and, and all of those kind of super credible, you know, records that the heads are into, that kind of soul scene from the, the, the mid to late 80s doesn't necessarily get kind of remembered quite as fondly as 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 that stuff that kind of authentic soul if you want to call it that it was a bit more pop wasn't it and i think a lot of what it what it was yeah i mean alexander knew is essentially a a pop record but and i think one of the things that happens in the 80s is 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 music production the music production is very much of its time whereas that stack stuff and the motown stuff sounds timeless it's you know it's a, a big studio with an orchestra and, and a band, whereas... It sounds analog, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And I think that once the sort of digital technology... It's like, you know, I, I know, Kev, you're a, a huge fan of dance music. You know, you can theoretically form a timeline with dance music just from the production, you know? You, you know when something come out in 88 or 89 because normally the 808's all over it and then... Fast forward and, you know, when, when Big Beat started, it's like, okay, so right, for the next three years, I know exactly, you know, when this when these records come out and, and so on and so on. And I think that's one of the things that make some tracks, whether it be I Feel Love, Blue Monday, whatever, sound timeless because they've just, they, they sit aside from all of that. The, the production doesn't necessarily, that, that it, it either defines that era or, or, or it just sits outside of, of, of time. Um, right, I'll start. Um, I'll start with you, uh, Kev. Yeah. Uh, because you're new to the group, and uh, so, Kev, tell me the song that soundtracked your time at school. It's a really difficult question because when I think back to that that era, I was buying loads of seven inch singles, but I don't really. I don't think I think of them as my time as a child, but they don't resonate with me necessarily. I don't remember listening to them at school or talking about them at school. 
Um, every time when I think of this question, the weirdest song comes into my head, which is going to make you all laugh, which is The Stonk by Hail and Pace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the story behind it, because Hail and, it was a, the song was a, a Hail and Pace, obviously, a, a sort of sketch comedians at the time and they were doing something for comic relief it must have literally been like the first comic relief or something and it was their song and it sort of went something like oh come on let's stonk to the rhythm of the honky tonk or something like that so me and all my mates at school devised this plan where we'd written down all of us one of us had a letter one an s one a t one an o one a k or whatever if i missed a letter and the, the the guy at the start simon was supposed to pick up he was supposed to stand up and say yo star let's stonk star was the cool thing that we were all saying at the time so he stood up in the middle of the class and he said oh yo star let's stonk and we were all supposed to then pick up these letters and then all get up and start doing the dance of course what happened was he stood up said that and everyone just put their head down like that and he got detention <laughs> you hang him out to dry that's awful man <laughs> everybody lost their bottle but that's i mean that's obviously a ridiculous one to go for so i'm not going to i'm going to go with I'm going to go with Madonna, like a prayer. Madonna was really big in my house. And the reason it's back in my mind is I saw Sophie Ellis-Bexter sing it uh, at, at Victorious this year um, and reminded me of just what such a great tune that was and how much I, that that kind of reminds me of that era. It's incredible, isn't it, like a prayer? Yeah. Just the, the the intro, and 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 I think it's hard to separate that from the video as well. The sort of the, the symbolism in the video, it was quite yeah. it was quite for all when it came out, and, uh, and and seeing Madonna with long dark hair for the first time as well, uh, and then just that haunting kind of uh, intro, and then when it drops, it's just so infectious. It's such a perfect pop song, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolute banger, mate. Absolute banger. Has anybody else's kind of uh, Madonna sort of featuring their, their time at school? Can I just jump in on the stonk? Because I'm also a Pink Floyd fan. <laughs> Dave Gilmore played guitar on the stonk. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that. Didn't it start? <laughs> didn't the single start with are you dancing? I'm dancing. You asking? Is it that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. It was the woman, oh, wasn't it? <laughs> I love the fact that Steve just piped up as a Hall of aficionado. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> I had that song on cassette single. <laughs> oh, nice. I, my first cassette single I bought uh, from uh, your home your home turf, Steve. I went to Basildon uh, and there was, um, there used to be like, I can't remember what it was called. Like, you sort of walk down these steps and it was like a sort of like a, uh, a stack of stock of sort of shops and market stalls inside where the old theater was. I can't think what it was called. Yeah. An arcade type thing. Uh, and I bought the uh, cassette single of Adam Ant's room at the top, which was his sort of comeback singles. So I reckon about 88, 89, which I remember thinking was brilliant. And then uh, thinking, I don't reckon that's going to hold up very well. And he played it at that 80s festival. I went to uh, about a month ago. Still sounded great. It's good. Right. Okay. Uh, while we're talking to you, Steve, let's talk school. Well, my school, well, my taste in music at school was really bad, basically. And the one, but the one record that kind of you in a safe in space, mind, Steve. You're in a safe space here, mate. <laughs> no, the one, the one where where my because it was all like just radio chart stuff. You know, I wasn't really kind of. 
going down any path or whatever. But the one record that sticks in my mind was probably 14 or 15, I think, when it came out. It was Progen 91. Like the original version of Move Any Mountain by The Shaman. Mm. What a record that is. Before they went just jokey and down the old he's a good, Ebenezer good mm. route. And that's when that's when I sort of started getting really into music. So I kind of went on a shaman deep dive and I bought in Gorbachev We Trust all these sort of older more guitar stuff before Wilson died. Mm. Yeah, that was that was so tragic. He drowned, didn't he? Yeah, he did, uh, yeah. Uh, on holiday. Yeah, and I remember like the, around that time they played the toothbrush uh and with Will. Uh, and they bought a, their whole, a whole sound system, whereas most artists will play through our rig. They bought their own sound system and just literally reset out the whole of the club, and it was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, and it, it, it's such a strange thing that, um, it's, bizarrely, it, it, I was talking about the shaman uh, last week. I went to I went to Cambridge with with uh, with, with, with come from Cunt and the Gang and my mate Lee actually, who uh, um, I went to uh, Alexander O'Neill with way back in the day. Uh, we went to see the Lightning Seeds put by Badly Drawn Boy. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of both of, of either acts, but it was a really good gig, and there's, there's certain songs by the Lightning Seeds I love, and the same for Bad and Bob. But when we was there, we went to the, it was a junction in Cambridge. Um, uh, oh God, uh, I've forgotten his name now. The uh, the comedian, uh, the outrageous comedian that was Ebenezer Good. Um, oh, Jerry Sadovich. Jerry Sadovich. Um, like they were it just announced that he was playing in Cambridge and. And Cunt was like, well, I, I need to go there and see what I'm up against because, you know, he can uh, he can go shoulder to shoulder with me. And uh, Didn't he get kicked out of Edinburgh this year? He'd done one show at Edinburgh and I think he got his knob out and, and that was it. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, but I, I remember, I've never seen Jerry Sadovich live and, and I know there's all these sort of being the furore in, but for me, it was like, oh, that's Ebenezer Good. That, that's literally like all I know about him and uh, apart from all the kind of controversy, but I've never sort of got to got to see him but the, and and I think the shaman uh, as much as like I come really close to having Mr C on the podcast actually um he he's got like he lives in America and he's like he literally all he does now is like sort of spiritual uh like yoga sessions and he was sort of chatting to me and he was like I can try and sort of fit you in in between a yoga session or something and I was like oh okay and it, and it was all good to go and then he blew me out and then it was rescheduled and in the end I was like oh I'm not that fast, mate. But um, but I do think that they they were really big because Ebenezer Good was just a, a huge hit. I'm trying to think of the what were the singles that followed that? Forever, Forever People, LSI, yeah, LSI. Make it mine um, was way back, wasn't it? Make it mine was an earlier one, wasn't it? Yeah, Make it mine was before um, Moving Him Out. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, the, but the the records before that were were awesome when they were like more of a guitar band than a, yeah. than a dance band, and obviously then they just went down the jokey route for a few albums and then went really sort of what I would consider sort of deep dance with like a yeah. lot of their like Arba Barra, Arba Marla, which was one of their later albums. It was yeah, but that's when all my kind of 
music tastes started to, you know, become mine as opposed to just listening to rubbish on the radio, basically. Yeah, yeah. Bostrom was massive though, wasn't it? Oh, Bostrom. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Great, that was the next album. Let's uh, let's, let's pull up Progen and uh, have a little bit of that. Uh... Bostrom, the production on that was insanely good though. It was on the Ontact album. What we got here? Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Intact. There we go. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. This. So would this have had? Has this got Mister C on it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. yeah. This was the first thing we did with them, to my knowledge, anyway. Mm. Oh, I love Omega, Omega, Amigo. It's an amazing. Yep, that's a great song. Love it, love it. Yeah, he does a rap halfway through, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. it's really whiny. It is whiny, but I really whiny to start with. Does anyone know it? Moving any mountain, shame another new generation. One reason, oh no, you can be who you want to be. Yeah, your body, your mind, be one of a kind. We all are that. Going all the way is where I'm at. Yeah, oh respect. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, love it. Um, Martin, what you got for me, mate? Uh, It'd be Green Day song, which because you've gone for so long could be any era of school, but I'm going for me high school. So I went to high school between 2005. Um, and I just remember the biggest thing for school was just hearing alternative music for the first time. So there was always music at home growing up and I've got like big fans of all music from my parents, but nothing you'd have considered alternative. It was all very much what was like popular through their life. So when I went to high school at first and, found people who were in already into that kind of music. I used to go and go to the music room with them because they all played instruments. I remember we forming a band in the second year and playing uh, two songs I really remember that I'd never heard before. And he did it without vocals, so just the music I'm hearing. And it was Smells Like Teen Spirit and then Basket Case by Green Day. So then this was like, who, have you written this? And they're like, no, it's like <laughs> Nirvana and Green Day. I was like, that's really good. If you've read that, obviously we haven't because they were not very good. It's a good cover band. Um, and then going home and like write, I remember writing down these bands and these these um, songs that they were telling me about and they were playing in the music room and going asking for like money to go and buy these compilation CDs and everything on. And then in my high school, while I was in high school, Green Day brought out American Idiot, which now is not one of the Green Day albums I'll, I'll listen to very often. But when I hear any song off that, then it, it just takes me back to like being in high school and that being such a big deal when it when it came out um, politically and then in music and what controversy they, it led to them having in America and how controversial it was for Green Day fans who'd been fans 25 years earlier and now they're sellouts and playing big production and nine-minute-long songs. But um, the song I'd, I'd choose probably Jesus of Suburbia, which is track two on that album, at nine minute long, and it's like four different, four or five different parts in it. 
I just remember listening to it and then they released it as a single with a video, nine minute long uh, video, which was playing on Kerrang and just being obsessed with it. I'm thinking, I can't believe the band can even do this. No man do it so well and it become a single. Like, the, obviously, they, they led with American Idiot, which is so radio friendly, but then to have it produced as a baby, which they were allowed to do by the label, which is so not record for, uh, radio friendly. Yeah. No one would have played it, but shoving it on it. Kerrang! Late at night, it was always something you'd, you'd wake up to try and hear when you saw Green Day was on, like an hour special of Green Day. You knew you were going to get that song, but that all my friends were into it. Even the ones who were into Green Day from the Dookie area and earlier, um, yeah, I just remember it was always played in a classroom on someone's um, CD Walkman and turn up as loud as possible, hover around the. the the earphones, just like everyone like this one, one earphone trying to hear something before a teacher walks into the room and so he'd turn it off. Did you, um, did you find your tribe when you was at, uh, at that point? Yeah, completely. Like, I, I went to a high school where it's a completely different high school to anyone I went to primary school with. I knew one lad in my form group who had come from a school where all his school went to that, went to our high school. So, I became friends with everyone through that and then it was just you know they, they dressed differently they had this like style that wasn't just like fitted in it was you know the, the moshers and the like dressed grungy and they had um back then it was the drain pipe awful drain pipe jeans like slipknot jeans and then um massive hoodies with band logos on them and that was all band i'd never heard of didn't you know there were bands until they'd like say so and then very quickly that was i realized that's I still love all that music, I, as well as that, like non-alternative and growing up music. But that's the thing of high school was just, wow, this is something I've never heard before, and it's exciting. And then, yeah, it leads to just wanting to know more and more and more. So, um, when you when I was old enough to then go and hang around in Manchester um, on weekends with my friends, you get the tram into Manchester, and they had Athletics Palace, which is if anyone doesn't know, it's basically a massive building in centre of Northern Quarter, which is an alternative shopping area, really, with all independent stores. It's basically all very, very alternative clothing, jewellery, tattoos, posters, everything like that, record, vinyl shop, stuff like that. And you just hang around there for hours over the four levels, walking up and down, getting lost and looking at buying posters and pin badges and hoodies and things like that. It's, it's so interesting, that kind of T-shirt culture and, and i love the fact six music do uh like music t-shirt day once uh, once a year because i think for me uh, you know and i don't know if it's the same feel free to sort of chip in uh anyone that um it felt for me that like um when i was getting into music uh, and, and sort of going to you know gigs and, and and rock clubs or indie clubs or whatever like if i saw like like i remember seeing a Bauhaus t-shirt and just thinking who the fuck are like Bauhaus. I didn't even know how to say Bauhaus, but I was thinking, like, who, who are they? Like, and and, and constantly seeing Joy Division t-shirts, uh, and, and knowing who New Order were, but not really knowing who Joy Division were. And I was thinking, oh, they sound they sound really miserable. I, I later went on to find out that they are, but um, but yeah, and just being like, and also I guess for, for anyone here that, that that you know hit their stride in the early nineties, it was the time of the t-shirts. You know, it was. That was when every band, you know, you, you wore your favorite band T-shirt all the time. And and moving forwards now, 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And I'm only basing this on what I see coming through the doors of, of my club, but it's metal is still sport there. Their T-shirts, they still wear their favourite. Like, we'll never die, Stu. We'll oh no, die. mate! <laughs> <laughs> and but, also, uh, you, you you get the retro. You get the, all the people that probably never even heard the bands. Now they're wearing the band T-shirts we used to wear. So my, you, I had a similar story to to Steve's, except for mine. Mine happened between high school and college. I went to Reading and I saw Nirvana on, in that summer between. Uh, school and college and then uh, the, my next two years it was completely changed by music sort of taste and it was all Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Metallica and all that and, and I used to live in that yellow smiley face t-shirt that you now see like kids walking along Richmond High Street wearing uh, <laughs> yeah. something when you can buy a band t-shirts and like H&M or yeah. or Next or wherever and, and it's weird because I think uh, you know, in those sort of formative years, they were like, uh, when I interviewed Ian Baker from Jesus Jones, he said like in sort of 87, 88, and he worked in Slam City, the skate shop. He said, if you went out and you was in a pub and someone had a pair of vans on, you, you could go over and just go, oh, where'd you skate? And they skated. Whereas if you start out the randoms that were in vans now, like, I mean, you can have a busy night, but like, <laughs> But, you know, and, and and it was the same with the band T-shirts. I think, you know, if you saw someone, I don't know, if there's a, there's a, few, a few years out and about and somebody had a, a Wonder Stuff T-shirt on or a Ned's T-shirt, I'd feel comfortable just going, like, oh, you like Ned's? And, like, and it's, you know, it made it. And, and I think now it's so weird that music, music's so wide open because of what we've got here on Spotify and things like that, that, you know, everybody likes a bit of everything. So you don't get that tribalism as, 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 sort of as maybe as solid as it was when when most of us were sort of growing up i don't want to sort of bulk you all in with me because i realize that i'm old as fuck and i don't want to uh throw you all Mate, you're only three me. you're only three years older than me yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking you're at about 18 months older than me <laughs> yeah but martin ain't Mar- 
Well, I just looked at when Martin was talking about being at school when this record came out. I've done an album launch for it at the Brush. So I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been DJing at the Brush about 15 years by that point as well. So there's definitely a, a, a bit of an age range there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Um, right. Okay. Where should we go? Uh, level. What you got for me, mate? Mine's not as cool as all your lots. Mine is... Are you going to give the stonk a run for its money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an emotional one for me. Okay. And it is... Um, it's a love worth waiting for by Shaky. Shaky. Genuinely, it is. it still breaks my heart. If I, but I have to watch a video as well. And it just reminds me, going out with, going out with Jemima Richards at school... And she went, it was like, it was in the last year of junior school. And we've been going out with each other for about a year. And um, she was going to like the posh secondary school because she passed her 11 plus. And I she was called think, Jemima. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I don't, the only other Jemima I knew was a play school. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. impressive. <laughs> and um, yeah, and she was um, going off to the new school and I was going to my new school. And it's all about, how sad it is when his girlfriend moves oh. away. Does anyone else know? No, what track was it? I think it's called A Love Worth Waiting For. Oh, I mean, just the title oh, breaks your heart, doesn't oh, it? there it is. I might oh, recognise it. breaks my idea, heart. Be strong, Sire, be strong, mate. But the video makes it because she drives off in a car with her parents waving. Double denim? Double denim. We can't even hear it, Stu. No, it's an open Fucking shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How was Shaky so big? I don't know. Well, I was, I was going to say, is, is Shaky a Geordie? Because Welsh. I don't Welsh. think he is. Welsh. But for some reason, Viz adopted him, didn't they? Like, oh, they loved him. Yeah, Viz yeah. only ever spoke about Shaky Stevens. My mate wanted to do Mr. Rovers as well. Yeah. My mate wanted to do a cover, like be, be him, dress up as him, and call himself Station Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some uh there's if you ever get a chance to watch the video for um he done a, obviously a lot of my covers uh can you remember why do you want to make those eyes at me for like and that's filmed in it i don't know uh, a northern high street somewhere <clears throat> and you see a very young vic reeves jump in the video and tit around and it's fucking brilliant uh but it's so weird like on, on the acceptable in the 80s podcast like in 82 shake it in his prime and like oh. and, you, and you just think like i loved it at the time i think but i mean i mean that like what do you want to write his eyes at me for and lipstick powder and paint that's all like about 88 and you just think how is he still going but the rumor is isn't it the rumor is that he's daughter's duffy isn't it yeah but it's not true, is it? I don't know. I don't know. Is that just because she's Welsh? Yeah. <laughs> Shirley Bassett is his mum. There's not I've, many um, singers in Wales. I, uh, I've just realised, obviously I just went to secondary school with mine, but like for me, I've just... like. Have, have, you, have any of you familiar with the song Star Maker by the kids from Fame? Yeah, love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Oof. Leave us disco, a little slow dance with Claire Wallace. Then, uh, <laughs> oh, then that was it. She went to grey school. I went to Willie Ed's. That was it. Grey school? 
She went to Grayskull. She went to Castle Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things got dark for uh, Claire. Uh, Tila, is it? <laughs> oh, that song. Like, that song. I remember uh, being in my living room uh, and having to go to my parents telling them not to come in while I put the seven inch on that on. And I was practicing slow dancing with a cushion. <laughs> 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 in anticipation of being brave enough to ask Claire Wallace for a dance at the Levis Disco. <laughs> Did you right. kiss it as well, Steve? No, no, God, no. I was, I was not, not on your first dance. God, no. I would have run a mile. He was using it to hide his little chub on. <laughs> 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 All right, okay. Um, we're well, talking. Um, of, uh, of 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 women. Let's talk to. Uh, I can't see you, Kirst. I've got six. Oh, do I need to speak? Uh, I can hear you, but uh, we can't see you. Well, Wait, I can't see you. You, you just need to expand. Ex- just expand your. Yeah, go to the. Oh, she starts speaking. <laughs> hit the hit the the nine dots, and it will make it go to uh, uh, an expandable box. I've done that. Then you can stretch Ooh. it. Can I? To the side, yeah. I've got, I've got four and four. Oh, right. In, yeah, a, in, a, in a little floaty window. Oh, how'd you do that? Oh, oh I just spotted that as well. Oh, amazing. There you go. You can have that oh, one for sorry, free. Kirst. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we're gonna fast forward a little bit to 1995, and um, we're gonna go with garbage. Because I absolutely loved Shirley Manson. She was, I still remember seeing her on Top of the Pops and just thinking she was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Um, And at this point, I'm still very Scottish as a child. So although I wasn't brought up in Scotland, I'd learned how to speak through my parents and stuff. So I had this proper Scottish accent. So then seeing this Scottish woman like rocking it out and stuff and just looking uber cool, I just thought it was amazing. And there was a lot of me trying to emulate that in the mirror and still still do it really. I'm trying to pretend as if I don't still pretend that I'm Shirley Manson. I still always pretend that I am here. So I think I'm trying to think of the song. So I can't really split it between Stupid Girl and Only Happy When It Rains. I mm. love them both. So you can pick, Stu, whatever you want. I had that um, album too. It's a banger. I loved it. Queer's on that as well, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. He's queer on that. Queer's on that. Yeah. Milk. I really like milk. Oh, because... milk. Yeah. 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 Right. But yeah, garbage. I just thought they were great. And of course, like when I was at school, that was when the whole Brit pop thing was going on. So I can't really ignore like... Oasis and Blur and all that sort of stuff, but um, is that ninety five? Did you say Kirsty? Ninety five, yeah. Christ, that's the year I met my wife. <laughs> I was playing <laughs> with these tunes. I was ten or eleven at this moment in time. I was dancing to these tunes down the brush, I think. <laughs> <laughs> on, yeah. on my own, or with mates, never with a girl. <laughs> yeah. But I think like you, Steve, like apart from like there was a lot of pop and stuff that obviously I was listening to. Like, I was a big All Saints fan, loved All Saints. Thought Menly Black was just like the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Menly um, Black. Go on, oh. sorry, Kirst. No, no, you can say. Okay. Uh, Menly Black walked in uh, to a club I was doing once. And I tell you what, like, I just, I had such a crush on Melanie Black. And uh, am I right in saying she ended up with like some knobhead out of Jamiroquai? 
like I think she married the bass player out of Jamiroquai. Like, like and I remember, she, and I hated Jamiroquai anyway. And I just thought, oh, I hate <laughs> even more now. Like, you've stolen <laughs> Melanie Blatt as well. You know, I don't know Melanie Blatt. She was like the super pretty one in. Uh, okay. You had the, the yeah. African sisters, so it wasn't a lot of fun. Dog Shazney and then Melanie Blatt. Yeah. It was the littlest one, wasn't you, I think? Mm. This is a thing, this is. But yeah, Garbage was, yeah, I just thought they were great. And as a young girl, it was nice to see, like, a proper rocky kick on Top of Pops as well and stuff. I've never heard you sound as Scottish as when you were remembering back to those days. <laughs> I was just thinking that when you were saying Scottish, you came, yeah. you know, said came back there. It's a bit hybrid now. It doesn't come out very often, but it's a bit, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if any of you uh, ever listened to the episode I've done with uh, Butch Vig uh, from from yeah. Garbage, and uh, that was that was that was one of my most starstruck moments and one of my favorite episodes because obviously not only was he you know the backbone of garbage he's you know obviously mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I've done ridiculous things with all, all my favourite bands. And, and, uh, and within about two minutes, he just went like, oh, Honestly, Stuart, I've been so excited about this. And I just thought, he called me Stu. He didn't call me Stuart. <laughs> and he said he was really excited about it. And he just put me at ease. And I was just like, oh, God, he's a good egg. I know he's going to be a good egg. And he really was. He was bloody lovely. Um, what have you been most starstruck about, Stu? Chuck, Chuck Lee. Yeah, I'm fucking shit. I was shitting myself listening to it. <laughs> he kept me waiting about three hours, and I was just sitting right where we are now, just thinking, fucking hell, fucking hell. I think I recorded about 11 o'clock at night in the end. And yeah, and when he just come on, I was like, holy shit, that's Chuck B. Like, three hours late. You should, as soon as you come on, you should say, oh, fuck off, mate. Like, <laughs> Max, Maxine Peak, I was beside myself, like, with nerves. Yeah. Uh, and and the, and the night before, I'd, I'd been out with, with some pals, and and I don't know why it popped into my head, but I just went, I said, oh, who you got on this week? I said, oh, I've got Maxine Carr tomorrow. And I just thought, 
Right, note to self, do not refer to Maxine Peak as Maxine Carr. Uh, they're very different people, famous for very different things. So I wrote, I have this bit of paper that I've used time and time again, uh, where I always write the names of the guests at the top. And this is obviously about, the, it's a bit like Trigger's Broom, this, right? I've, like, I've literally just like, had them where I'll try and find one where um, they're just absolutely just full, full to the brim with just, uh, oh, there you go. That's what they normally look like. Uh, and I've got this little ritual where before I press record, I have to write their name. But when I have Maxine Peak on, I turned it over to a blank site and wrote Maxine Peak in massive <laughs> letters and had it on top of my computer so I didn't say car because, uh, yeah, that would have really spoiled the vibe. Uh, but, yeah, there you go. So why, why do you think that is then, Stu? Because if you think about all the people you've spoken to, you wouldn't put her at the top of the list in terms of fame. You know, you've spoken to some much more... Bleak yeah. British much kitchen more sink dramas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you know I like a bit of bleach uh, yeah. kitchen sink drama. Um, I, I just think she's the, the uh, she's my favourite actress by a mile, and and I'm just yeah, I just think she's wonderful. And uh, yeah, I was and and like I say, I've, I've banged on about it enough. Like when I set this up, the idea was just her and Johnny Marr, and that was it. And uh, yeah, like, I still not had Johnny Marr, but yeah. Niall Marr was really nice. I had Billy Bragg's son. That's out next week. I had Billy Bragg's son on Jack Valero. Yeah. It was wonderful. And, uh, Didn't he write a song with him on his last, I mean, Billy Bragg's new album? <clears throat> the last song, wasn't it? It's yeah. a good song, that as well. Yeah, it's great. He's uh, he's a really nice lad. And uh, yeah, I had a cracking chat with him. I'm trying to give you some little insights into what else is coming up. Um, I've got um, Dave Rantree from Blur coming up. I thought you said Dave Garn. Oh, brilliant. Like, oh, God, come on. We know that that would be like a different level, that. But, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I think what else I've got in the next few. Oh, um, Susie Quattro. Oh, man. And it's really part. weird because, like, I only really know Devilgate Drive, isn't it? Like, by, by Susie Quattro. Well, what's but, that? Love one as well, that... Um, I've forgotten what it's called now. Oh, I love that. I'll have to find it. But she was Levertux with Eero. She was Fonzie's girlfriend. And it's like, she was in Happy Days. And I just think, I'm, I'm going to like literally get to chat to somebody that hung out with the Fonz. But that's, I don't want to sort of spend the whole of her, her episode talking about Happy Days, like, because that would be a bit weird. But um, <clears throat> yeah, super, super excited. If you can't give me love, honey, that one's great. That's a proper little bop. Oh, you'll like it, I think. I mean, it's really cheesy, but it's it's a good little bop, that. I don't know any of those either. Just that one. Oh, I love Susie. That's it. So, uh, Kirsty, I know you went to see The Lightning Seeds this weekend. Obviously, I went the, the, the week before. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy it? I thought it was great, yeah. I actually sort of... Because I hadn't listened, like, for ages, and I thought, you know what? I'm actually not going to listen to any Lightning Seeds before I go. And, um, well, okay, maybe a couple of songs, but I've forgotten loads of the songs. I've forgotten. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I forgot they did that one and this one. So, so genuinely, I had a really great time. Like it was, it was brilliant. The only thing that was a little bit annoying was, um, cause I, well, I, it wasn't too bad, but I was in the seating bit upstairs and just everyone just looked like they were bored out of their minds. 
So I'm like, you know, in my seat trying to like have a little seat dance and everybody else just looked fucking bored out of my eyes. Like people below were having a great time, you know, everyone that was standing and stuff. Um, so that was the only downside. But, um, but you know, genuinely it was great and a proper throwback and yeah. And speaking of sons, Ian Brody's son was playing guitar for him. Uh, the, the, the little young, I didn't know if you know, the little young oh, I thought, Yeah, because he looked really young and I thought, he's got a good gig, like yeah. playing with these guys and stuff. Yeah, that's Ian Brody's son. Uh, um, did they play Three Lions to finish? Yeah, of course they did. And then me, it's like this sort of half Scottish, half English, <laughs> was like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> I don't support England in the World Cup. But yes, yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> but what the the thing that like really freaked me out is uh, when it starts, and I feel like I should try and uh, play it on my phone. What when there's the radio commentary? Uh, no, well it's yeah it's sort of when when that's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I'd never realised where the concept for Three Lions comes from, uh, and so I'm going to play you something and and tell me if you agree with, uh, with, with with what I'm about to play. If I can find it, I deleted all the videos from that night. Uh... God only knows. God only knows, it yeah. Is. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And I've never realised that before. And I've obviously heard that song a million times. And I was like, Oh my God, it's God only knows. I, I take it you're all fully aware of that. No, I wasn't. Until you played of that. Oh, right. <laughs> no. Yeah, that kind of really freaked me out. I just thought maybe that's like why why people just instantly connect to it. I know. I don't know. If, was it on the last one that I spoke? The last live one that I spoke about um, the Dua Lipa song and how how that instantly becomes recognisable. So I, I was chatting to. Um, uh, the, the fella from uh, that used to be in the band A, like Jason, he lives up like up the road from here, and he's like a producer now. And, uh, and and a little while ago, I was chatting to him, and I'd heard the do you know Be the One by Dua Lipa? Like it's a really fucking. I'll nod and say yes. Oh, do you know what? I'm going <laughs> to play it right because it's uh, it's fucking great. Uh, and, I, was, uh, I was really surprised when I found out that she was from Essex because she just looks so American and yeah we're pretty close American around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> and when a chorus drops I was thinking the first time I heard it I was like this is incredible Like, and I said to Jason, I went, if you would be the one by Dua Lipa, I went, it's so catchy. I went, it's so good. He went, it's exactly the same chord progressions uh, as Boys of Summer by Don Henley. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. And I was like, it's that's that whole why sort I love of it. yacht rock feel. Yeah. And I was like, that's why I love it. I love fucking Boys of Summer by Don <laughs> Henley. And it's like, <laughs> and it's that fast track, isn't it? Of like, you know, it, obviously everybody's going to be influenced <laughs> and affected by, by what they listen to and, and whoever the, production and writing team were that done Dua Lipa, I presume have heard uh, Boys of Summer enough times. And 
Yeah, I like it. I, I'm really always sort of fascinated when someone can sort of trace something. That's why I was really weirded out when uh, at the, uh, at the, uh, the uh, in Cambridge last week, I was like, holy shit, this God only knows. And yeah, just I love little kind of things like that, which kind of explain how you, you know, your process here in a, here in a track. Anyway, did you, ever see that, did you ever see that Yacht Rock documentary by Katie Puckrick on the BBC? Oh. I'll watch anything with Katie Puckrick because... Uh, yeah, it was all about the yacht rock and that sort of easy, easy rock sort of stuff. It was brilliant. It was so good. and But the thing is, I don't think... When people, like, talk about yacht rock and, like... I don't actually think there's a lot of depth, no pun intended, to, to, to yacht rock. Because aside from Hall & Oates, um, Michael McDonald uh, and... Uh, who done uh, To Be Free Again? Um, Christopher Cross... Christopher Cross, like that's pretty much the scene, and uh, Toto. But, uh, to- yeah, Toto, yeah, but I suppose that's when it moves into that more kind of American FM rock and it starts getting into Ario Speedwagon and, and stuff like that. But uh, isn't it really? We're, we're drifting into my territory now, careful. It's <laughs> <laughs> sort of coming in from both sides, right into the middle of the road where I live. <laughs> Michael McDonald's got the most beard-based voice ever. He sounds like he has a beard. He sings for a beard, Michael McDonald. <laughs> I absolutely fucking love his voice. Uh, if we ever get onto duets, like um, Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald, that's my favourite duet of all time on my own. And it's such a wet, mid-80s schmaltzy, but I fucking love it. I love Patti LaBelle's voice anyway. But throwing a bit of beard based vocals on top of it, oh, absolutely bang on. And uh, I keep forgetting, like, by Michael McDonald, like, obviously used by, um, when well, Snoop was it? Who, uh, who done, uh, keep forgetting, no, I didn't know. Was it Snoop? No, it wasn't Snoop. It was, uh, come on, someone help me out here. Yeah, it was, um, <sighs> Nate Dog. Yes. Yes. It was in, um, wasn't in Regulate, was it? It was Regulate. It's Regulate. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, what a tune. What a tune. And uh, what's the one he's done? Because obviously he's, he front the Doobie Brothers for a while as well, didn't he, Michael McDonald? And he done. Um... Oh, one thing I can't ever do is, is hum a melody and people get it. I'm just shocking at you. Uh, <laughs> you go great. I'm never mind the buzzcocks. Uh, oh, I'd be shocking on that. Did he do Y'all Gonna Be There or something he like that? He Yamo Be There uh, with James Ingram. Yep. Uh, what Fool Believes. Uh, what Fool Believes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what a tune. That's a cracker. That's the only one I could name from the TV breath. Did they not do Long Train... Long Train cut Running? Long Train... Was that TV Brothers? It's Running or Coming, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the DB Brothers, but that were Michael McDonald. They they had um, a clean shaven singer, I think, before it went beard based. Uh, <laughs> right, Adrian, what you got for us, mate? Um, well, I, like I say, I've got one primary school kind of one, which was me leaving kind of and yourself, like a which well wasn't like my choice. It was stuck stuck with you by Hugh Lewis in the news, and it, it was me girlfriend's mm. mate who used to sing it to us, but he used to sing. She's stuck with you. <laughs> I, just, you know, I remember them pointing at us and singing it and just oh, yeah, annoying us. But <clears throat> I'm going to go with um, 
kind of senior school because that's kind of again like when we did me transition in the indie music scene and i've already kind of mentioned cure and pixies but wedding present was a big thing for me oh. so probably everyone thinks they look staffed by wedding present was like because of that transitional kind of going from madonna to indie and then picking up certain songs from your brother gone older brother same age as you Stu was like so pick, pick up a lot from him so yeah i love that song so much and probably oh. the probably the band i've seen most live as well i think and what what a band they are as well. Um, yeah, I think like and criminally underrated. I think it's so easy that when people sort of cast their mind back to to sort of influential indie acts from the the, the, the late eighties and, and into the nineties that it's always dominated by the, the Smiths and the Cure. And I think the wedding present like oh for me like they, they were up there. And then certainly that period in the early nineties where they released a single. Uh, every month, oh, every month, yeah. Well. They've, just yeah. Done, they've just done that again this year. Oh, really? Yeah, they've done it again. Uh, uh, some sort of anniversary. Because me, uh, my brother's, my brother, my brother's mate got them all. He was, my brother tried to get all the singles and he couldn't get them all, but his mate got them all and then got them all signed off gauge and given them for his birthday on Christmas wow. Eve. And then, oh, uh, so my brother's done the same this year. He's done the same in reverse to kind of, which was quite nice. But uh, and and I don't know, like. Uh, how familiar with the wedding present like uh, many of you are, but uh, I don't know, Steve, if you you may have just missed that period at the brush when Kennedy bought a wedding present was was a, a, a firm fixture. Uh, it was a pretty yeah, much before probably I towards... started DJing there. I was more of a clubber then. And, uh... Yeah, it's probably towards my early ventures down there. Yeah. They may have played it, but I wouldn't have recognised it. Uh, I want to. Uh, I feel like I should play it. Uh, but I can't find the search thing because uh, if you can see my screen, can you see my screen? Can you see yeah. the... Uh, yeah, that's at the top. Yeah, yeah top middle, that's slightly to the left. What's that? Lost your cursor again. We'll go down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> can't see your cursor. Oh, so it's just your right shaky head. Oh, right, up, a bit, what, up a bit. Up a bit. Up a bit. Up a bit. I've, I've got my toolbar there for uh, my Zoom toolbar. So mm. I can't actually uh. hit the, uh, the search thing. I want it to. I don't know how to make it piss off. Uh, so we can look at shaky though. Can't you just click and hold on the search on the toolbar and just drag it down? Uh, oh, oh, God. just uh, to the right. You want to go? Oh no! Did you get all the wedding present singles? Originally? Um, I didn't get everyone. Younger brother. I think I bought all. I've probably got every vinyl album I've done since. I think probably, but retrospectively, I got a couple of the original. I think I got um, George Best original vinyl. Oh. Oh, yeah. At least you listen to one quality podcast, there, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think you're talking about the Say What podcast, yeah? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, definitely that one. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah. I'd say you've got a bit of Iron Audi in there, though, Stu. What's that? Ludovico Iron Audi. Oh, yeah, that, that's, been a, that's been a bit of a regular listen. I've got to be careful what you see on here because uh, my kids use this account as well. So uh, there's, uh, there, there's probably all manner of... Uh, Hallers, Shouldn't so you be more careful what your kids see? Because you yeah. use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh god, I want to move this bloody. And I've got the annoying, like the, the the zoom thing at the top, which I want to. I want it to go away, if so, I can then play. Uh, oh, yeah. If you do that. do that, no. Then move your screen a bit. That's full screen. You've got now, oh, aren't you? right? Right, and then I should be able to move it down, shouldn't I? Ah, bang, we're in. Right. There you go. Wedding present. 
What do you want, uh, Adrian? What wedding present? Um, well, yeah, it's every every put everyone thinks they look stuffed on you, and that's um, on the right there, fourth down. Oh, oh, yeah. What a record! It was so good lines, as well, weren't they? Oh, they're brilliant. I still say I still go and see them pretty once a year. I always thought you sounded like John Major. Well, you used to argue, yeah, I remember people just think the same because like people used to argue like he can't sing, but I think he sings it. He can sing, but it's just like it's such an unusual voice. It's just, it's just, it's just a strange voice. But I remember her somebody... as well, Adrian. Oh yeah, yeah, I love some of their stuff. But he does a lot of their stuff live now as well. Yeah. And he often supports himself with Cinerama as well. So it's like you see them live now. But I remember you telling the story about Cinerama on the on the podcast about yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. I was just, I'm literally, he's such a geezer, and he was like, literally, as I walked out, Gage was selling his own merch. I was just thinking, oh, like he's up there with Morrissey for me, and it's like, and there he is, flogging his own t-shirts. It's like, loved it. No, he loved does, it. yeah. Just, he just has a chat with you, and yeah, buy some of his stuff. So that's probably why I've got every like all my t-shirts signed by him and stuff. Cause just, oh really? Yeah, just go up and have, and yeah, he's just such a nice. I don't know, I say he's a nice boy, he's generally miserable when you talk to him, but you know, it's nice that he does that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Right. Who's left? Who's left? Cyanubi. Uh, so, yeah. so this isn't about the band or the song, although I love it. Um, it was, I was about 15 or 16, so about 1990, I'm not sure when it came out, but the Soup Dragon's free. And it was because I, I wanted to go out with this girl and she was going out with an older bloke who had a car, so I had no hope. And then she started playing this song and I couldn't work out why. And it was her mates that got me to realise that actually she was trying to tell me that she'd split up with him. And it was all this stupid teenage code. So, yeah, I had this song played over and over at me. It's a great record as well. I mean, it's, it's a cover, right? Stone's record, isn't it? Yeah. And... Uh... And I couldn't tell you what they're doing now or if they carried on or if they did well, anything. The singer is a, is a guy called Sean Dixon and he's a famous DJ now. And, oh. uh, like a, a dance music DJ. Uh, and uh, they, they after after that album, they released uh, a great single called Divine Thing and they went very stones on that. It was very primal scream. Uh, I think, they, if I'm right, they, they were Scottish as well. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't know, because obviously on that, on arm free, I think it's Junior Reed that does the "Don't be afraid of your freedom" and does the the, the, the sort of the ragga type rap uh, at the end of it. And uh, they they played the they played the toothbrush, funnily enough, and they played the toothbrush the night that they were on top of the pops for that track. So they were in the bar at the time. We used to have a bar at the front of the club. It's long gone. And they were playing Paul and watching themselves on top of the pops uh, <laughs> uh, that they'd recorded the night before, and then were, were playing the club. So that was that was quite a, a moment. But uh, but yeah, I've been I've been talking to Sean Dixon about getting him on. Um, he's just released a, a, a brilliant record with David McCormick of McCormick and Butler fame, and wow. uh, and and yeah, like um, yeah, go check out like it really really good uh, electronic music. Have you um, stumbled across Sean Dixon when he travels, uh, Kevin T? No. Mm, yeah, have, have a little explore. Like, re- really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, some uh, completely bizarre and unnecessary facts on uh, the Soup Dragons there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's more than I had. <laughs> I'm Fraser Banger, right? It's an absolute indie floor filler. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because uh, it's, it's there was so much at that time. I mean, you mentioned Jesus Jones earlier. 
like International Brightyear thing and all that. I was just any of those. Was it and uh, right here, right now, wasn't it? Right here, right now, and. You know, it doesn't take much for me to get overexcited and, and start banging on about that scene. Um, and I had, um, oh, honestly, I had Gary Crowley on uh, last week, and I, I literally had the best episode ever. Uh, literally, it was just a 90s fest of, of, of pure excitement. I just got to meet a hero, uh, and that episode will be coming soon. But he's just put out a, a free track CD. Uh, called Gary Crowley's uh, Indie 90s Playback. And he's it's lots of kind of little rarities, like soundtrack of our lives and things like that. There's some big bangers in there as well. Um, and, uh, and where was I going with this? But I was talking to him about uh, Jesus Jones. And, and, and I always wanted to get his take on it because it's really hard when you're interviewing Miles Hunt or Jim Bob or, you know, uh, Ian Baker from, you know, all of the bands from that scene. And... And, you know, because I want to say to them, do you feel that you get ignored? Because that period of music gets overlooked constantly. Uh, yeah, but right here, right now, went to number one in America. I mean, that's ridiculous. And, like, unbelievable by EMF, went to number one in America. Like, Blur and Oasis ain't had number one records in America. And, like, and we never look back favourably on, on them bands because maybe... With EMF and maybe it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, where there's lots of electronics in that music. Maybe it's very much of its time and it hasn't. Whereas Oasis musically are not going to date because it's timeless rock and roll. Uh, whereas maybe the drum machines that Carter used or Popoli itself used or EMF or, or or Jesus Jones has dated, and maybe that's why it doesn't hold up. But there's no excuse as to why the Wonder Stuff don't get credited and Miles Hunt don't get credited for being one of the greatest songwriters of the last 30 years. Sorry, I had to just get that out. Absolutely... I can't remember who you were talking to, but you were, I think it might have been that episode, and you were saying about there's that sort of lost two or three years, isn't there? Yeah. Between yeah. sort of 89 to 92, yeah. or maybe 91 with Blur. That sort of, those couple of years. Absolutely. When I was that's sort of one specific episode, Sire. That's probably every other episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll talk about that. Don't though. That era yeah. was the start. Because <laughs> okay, I'm with you, Stu. That, that era from like, I don't know if it was 88, 89 through to, I don't know, when, when would it have been? To like 92? 91 to 92. It was up to when, say, Nirvana come out, I think. It was that yeah. sort of it was it, it was a crossover era wasn't it because you had these guitar bands who were and then you had the rave scene kicking off in the background like the acid house scene and they were like well we want a bit of that and you had a lot of a lot of dance music was making it into the charts for the first time like like the klf and prodigy prodigy yeah, yeah and yeah. um S Express and all that kind of stuff, and so you had these up uh, this this new genre, which was that was the original indie. That's what I knew indie to be. It was all of this stuff, which was sort of half guitar band and half kind of breakbeat and and sort of like sort of lending it or borrowing from the from the rave scene, and then it kind of splintered again. And then you had you know you had the rave scene, and then you had Britpop, which was back to guitars. So it was that kind of there was a they were trying to sort of do both, weren't they? They were trying to sort of yeah. like. See, we called that. it like the baggies or the grebos. Yeah. I suppose not yeah. grebos, but certainly the baggies. It was that sort Gre of Grebos were like wonder stuff and stuff like that. And baggy was Rosies and Mondays for us. Like, yeah. Uh, but I think like the one band that, that were out in 92, in the middle of all of that, and in the middle of Seattle, <laughs> was 
was just seeing um, Suede because Suede mm. weren't like any of them. When like Drowners come out, it was like, holy shit, this is exciting. Well, the first time you heard Animal Nitrate. Amazing. And it was like, was just ridiculous. It was like, oh, hang on a minute. This is like Bowie, Morrissey, like all rolled into one with this charismatic frontman, this insane guitarist that like, and ah, oh, seeing Suede in them early shows was ridiculous. But seeing Suede literally, uh, uh, you know, uh, what was it, about a year ago playing coming up at Ali Pali, still so excellent and, and, and vital. Um, yeah, oh, amazing. Well, I, saw, I saw them uh, victorious and I had a decision to make because they were on one stage and I can't remember the name of the band now. I really like them anyway. We were on the other stage and I've had to make a decision. And the, I think one of the reasons I made the decision to go and see Suede was from what you had said when you were on Facebook after you come yeah. out of gig. He was absolutely amazing. Really was, like, wasn't So it? much, so much energy. Yeah. And and the new record, the new album, I think it's good. It sounds like it's all been recorded live. It sounds very, very raw and light and, and probably the most sort of punk thing since, I presume, like sort of Drowners and stuff like that. Like, I think they're, uh, they're a real lost treasure. And if you ever, if any of you seen the Suede documentary, like the film, it's a, it's a two-hour film and it's so good. I think it's, I think it's called Insatiable Ones. And um, and it's got Gervais on there that obviously used to uh, manage him. And, and it's got like, because uh, obviously Matt Osman's brother is, uh, what's his name from the television? Richard Osman. Richard Osman. Uh, and, and, and it just talks about him and, and Justine from Elastica's on there and uh, Justin from Elastica's on there. Um, that were all in sort of incarnations of, of, of Suede, as were as was Damon Auburn at one point as well. And it just talks about like they just set the world on fire, gig to hell. Bernard left, just heroin got hold of Brett, and then it, it's, it's it's a real f- interesting. And obviously the fact that Suede, you know that 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 they put it together like it looks so brilliantly slick and cool and oh it, it, it's it suede are always on brand i think like the sleeves the artwork is, is pete yeah. savile done so much of um the artwork didn't he it just looks fucking brilliant um yeah the, the song that absolutely blew me away is he sat down on the edge of the stage and just did pantomime horse oh. and i and i've I'd, I'd not heard that song since I, I was since I used to wear the CD out in the early nineties. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that song in twenty five years, oh. and I'd forgotten all about it. And he just sang. Apparently, it's very rare for them to play that live. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you should definitely, if you haven't heard that for a while, you should definitely go and give that one a listen. It's such a tune. Love it. I've got a confession to make. I don't like Suede. That's all right. You just don't understand them. When everyone's finished, I'll, I'll explain them to you. <laughs> But I watched the documentary. Fine. I I watched the documentary. I thought it was fantastic. It was brilliant, really good. But I I don't. That's what deemed you. But I yeah I don't I don't get it. I I, I like Animal Nitrate, and that's about it. Oh. They were never a big thing for me either. Yeah. I think I like Film Star. It's the only one I ever liked. See, that's one of my least favourites. Yeah, me too. Reminds me. Yeah, it reminds me. Of What's that mean, sir? We, we we I thought there was some synergy here, mate, and like. <laughs> and I hate the wonder stuff as well, don't I? This is the moment in the documentary <laughs> where you start seeing the cracks in the... <laughs> oh, we're having a Morrissey Mar moment, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of them can get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he's well and truly in there now. <clears throat> yeah, he always was. Oh, dear. Right. I'm not a Smith fan, I'm afraid. 
Oh, right. Oh, I was just about to say it's time we need to wrap this up, and we definitely do now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, people, thanks ever so much for uh, for swinging by and 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 just talking. About... I haven't missed anyone, have I? No. no, we've all done our no. songs, haven't we? Yeah. Kirst, have you been making a little note? Yes. Oh, you beauty. Lovely. <laughs> and, uh, don't get paid for this. Don't get time and a half. Really. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put together a little playlist then uh, that accompany the, the, the podcast. And uh, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll pop it up on the on the Patreon uh, next week. Um, thanks ever so much, peeps. And uh, I've had a lovely time talking records. I'd really like to uh, have had a beer and just carry on chatting, but I've literally got to uh, switch my heads now and, and, and start talking about grown micro rolling around in a in a cage together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have a lovely evening, everyone, and, and thanks ever so much for supporting Off the Beaten Track. And uh, it's always lovely just uh, doing this. We do it next month, and uh, and we talk about first records. Oh. Not the sixth of December. Cool. For December, let's do it. I'm the queue, I'm not with the queue at the 6th of December. I'm going to see the You're queue. The... Oh, right, okay, so not the 6th. Try right. and avoid okay. that. <laughs> right. If I put a date up that none of you can make, then and just say, and I can always move it around so we can all be together because it's, it's, I really like doing this. So, yeah, wicked. Cool. All right, people, have a lovely day. Cheers. 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 Bye. Thank you. Bye. I don't know how to press stop. <laughs> That's just you now, Stu. What's going on? What's happened here? Oh, we're done.